right? Hello. I hope your week is starting off tremendously. Uh, I just, I, I can't ever say it enough. I love Mondays. It's the start of a new week. You get to uh, create what it is that you're doing this week and just have a great time. Uh, okay. So let's get into this this morning. We are, uh, we talked about consecration yesterday and, and Pepper broke that open and it was absolutely amazing. And last week we started our new series called The Shepherd's Crook. Uh, it's about the comfort of discipline. It's a journey of discipline, uh, all about discovering freedom and not punishment. We know that God disciplines, but it's not about punishment. It's about correction. It's about opening up uh, to, to character improvement. Right. It's not about being punished in discipline. It's about uh, improving. It's about growth. So it's about discovering freedom. Right. And and in that, we have to understand that God's correction, his discipline is a punishment. Right. He's leading us to the quiet brook of bliss that it talks about in Psalm 23. But again, we need to hold uh, the responsibility of a disciplined life and actually take a drink. there. Right. So that's where. The other aspect of discipline comes into play, and that's the spiritual disciplines, right? And so there is the discipline life where he brings about discipline and he is um, leading us into disciplines that we can dive into deeper. Hey, good morning, Pepper, and good morning. Uh, I I don't want to mess up your name, but good morning uh, to you in Pakistan. Uh, so. I want to get into that today. I want to continue the adventure of exploring discipline today. And if you missed Pepper's message yesterday about consecration, you need to go back and watch that. It's really important. It's really good. And there is a lot uh, that she breaks open out of that. And I, I pulled some of that into what we're going to discuss today. And and so she, she talked about uh, Samson and how he was consecrated from his mother's womb. And then through his life, how he did and didn't use his anointing. And so I want to talk about that today. And in, in thinking about this, I had some questions of my own, and I'm going to pull out some of the questions that Pepper asked yesterday uh, as well uh, going through this. But some of the questions I had were, uh, and we're going to get into these here in a minute, is the first one was, uh, what is the change we'll see in a life that's consecrated. The second was, uh, what is the discipline that follows consecration? What is that uh, spiritual discipline that we can dive into on the backside of being consecrated? And the third one is, what are you pursuing in consecration or what are you pursuing through your consecrated life? So uh, those are some of the questions I want to get into. Uh, first, I want to look at the definition of consecration uh, out of the dictionary. It says to uh, make or declare sacred, uh, set apart or dedicate to the service of God. And one of the things Pepper talked about yesterday was uh, being dedicated and separated. Right. And so uh, you are declared sacred. Right. You're set apart, not in the definition it says set apart or dedicated. But in reality, you are set apart and dedicated to the service of God. And the second uh, 
piece or second definition that jumped out to me was uh, to devote or dedicate to some purpose. So you are set apart and dedicated to the service of God and you are then can be devoted to the purpose, which is your calling. Right. So so that's what I take out of the definition there. And so to get into that first question of what is the change we'll see in a life that's consecrated, that first thing that we're going to see is rest. We come at things differently when you are operated in the kingdom. The kingdom paradigm isn't what we see in the natural. It's somewhat uh, upside down, right? And so we don't have to strive or get into work per se, trying to add on to what Jesus did on the cross. And that's really what I'm talking about here is in your cons- being consecrated, you can rest. You know that you start from a co-seated place, which means that you start from a place of victory. You don't have to strive to climb up the mountain. You get to start it from the top. So there's rest involved or there's rest that uh, is seen as part of that change, right? Again, we're not striving to make things happen. You can make things happen just by the very nature of who you are. Just by being an image bearer of God, you can make things happen. that's That's the power that you wield in that nature. Your breath carries power. Your words are powerful. All right. Hey, Lisa, glad you made it on. So, so that is the first thing. The second thing is, is holiness, right? That is just part of being consecrated is there is a holiness that you will carry. There's a holiness that you'll walk in. It's just another aspect of what is going to happen as you are set apart. And because you are set apart and dedicated to the service of God, because you are devoted to your purpose or your calling, there's a holiness aspect that you'll see on the other side of being consecrated. And and the, the last piece of that or the next piece, excuse me, is that that dedication to ministry that God's given you. That is another thing you're going to see. You're going to you're going to see that when you look at uh, the purpose or that calling he's given you, there is going to be that devotion to that. Right? You are going to become a, much more focused and aligned with what it is he's asking you to do and be moving with purpose. And the last piece of this is, is a focus on Jesus, right? You're going to have an undivided attention for him when you become consecrated. When you really start to own that, believe it, walk it out, you're gonna, your focus is going to narrow down on him even more, right? He's going to have undivided attention from you. That's part of what you're going to see on the other side of being consecrated. And that's really important. And one of the questions that uh, Pepper asked yesterday is, uh, what is the anointing 
in my life that the enemy wants? And so I think that's an important question to look at when we start looking at what happens when I become consecrated? What happens when uh, I start to believe that I'm set apart and dedicated to the service of God? What happens when I'm devoted to his purpose, to the calling that he's given me? Right. So there's an anointing there that the enemy wants you to give up. Like Pepper talked about yesterday, he can't take it away from you, right? but you can give it up to him. You can give him your anointing. And if you listen to her talk about Samson's life and what it is that he uh, got himself into and how he gave up his anointing, you'll be able to start applying that to your own life and, and saying, look, what is the anointing in my life that the enemy wants to take away? that they want me to give up to them, right? And, and what they want to do in that is, is they want to get you distracted, right? They want you be, to be focused outside of your calling. They want, and they want you to have divided attention because if your attention is divided, you start to give up your anointing because now you, you can bring a mixture in, you know, you start looking to, to politics and to law to save you rather than Jesus. You start looking at financial empires to uh, bolster you rather than looking to Jesus as your provider. That's part of the tactics they're going to use to get you to give up your anointing. So if you know what your anointing is, you can stay focused on Jesus and you can recognize these attacks that are coming after you and you can see them for what they are. So it's an important question to know. And another question, and I think this is a great one uh, that Pepper brought out was, what fountain are you feeding your anointing from? You, you have to be thinking about this question as well, because we can easily fall into feeding our anointing from, from our own understanding, from our own strength. You know, oh, I know what the Bible's saying here, and so I can... Uh, Apply it over here without having any conversation with Holy Spirit first. Without seeing when I do this, when I uh, release this word, whatever it is, what's Jesus doing here? Right. And so we can easily fall into feeding our anointing from our own understanding, from our own experience. And that can be dangerous. It can be really dangerous. So it's something to uh, keep in mind. So those are two important questions uh, that Pepper asked yesterday that I wanted to highlight uh, as we talk about what is on the other side of that consecrated life. So what is the anointing in my life that the enemy wants to take? And what fountain am I feeding my anointing from? So these are great questions to consider um, as it leads into another discipline that we want to talk about. And, and it's going to keep you focused, uh, dedicated and set apart. And so I asked the question, what is the discipline that follows consecration? And, and uh, I went through a lot of different ideas with this. And basically what Holy Spirit showed me was the discipline on the backside of this is the discipline of intimacy. 
right? So when you start to look closely at intimacy, what does that mean? What does it, what does it look like? How is it walked out? And what we're talking about here is the relational intimacy uh, that has you closely connected with the Father, closely connected with Jesus, closely connected with the Holy Spirit. Right? You've been brought into oneness, into union with the Trinity. And so this relational intimacy is what is the discipline that you need to be pushing into on the backside of consecration, right? It needs to be the place that you run to first looking for answers. It's the place you need to run to first when you need a healing or a miracle in some way, provision for something. That is the first source that you're going to. In that you're, you can say, I'm an heir, a son, a daughter, and as such, I'm coming boldly to my father to hear him speak. Right? You have the, that access uh, to relational, relational intimacy with the father. And it's something you need to be pressing into over and over again, day after day, right? He isn't some distant, far off God that, that you have to kick and scream in order to get his attention. That's just not the reality uh, that we live in. He isn't far off. He's close. He's right next to you. There's no walls between you and him. They only fictitiously exist in your own mind if you've created them. But there is no separation from you and him. It's important to remember that he is not far off. You have his attention. Just turn and face him and press into intimacy. You have that level of relational intimacy and oneness uh, with one another as well. And that's something that's important to remember. Is in the oneness that you share with other believers, you have to be able to know that you can go to them and you can count on them. To not just comfort you, but to also sharpen you. Which can, can feel painful at times. The sharpening process, the holding, holding one another accountable to who it is that God says you are, to holding you accountable to what it is he's called you to do. That can feel sharp at times. But nevertheless, it's important and it is a facet of relational intimacy that we need to press into also. And I want to read to you real quick, John 17, uh, verses 20 through 24. It says, and I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one. Even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one, I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them 
so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each each of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. If you can't feel the intimacy with which Jesus is talking to the Father here, you need to get into prayer and read this over and over again. This is a very intimate moment where he is expressing that he wants the believers to have the same oneness that he and the Father has. The same oneness that you share because of your sonship. So intimacy, this is this is the fountain that you need to be feeding your anointing from. This is why I know Holy Spirit has led me to, to land on this discipline. It's not necessarily one I found in any list, but it nevertheless is important. Right? That, that access that you have your bilocated space right now of where you sit on earth, as well as where you sit co-seated with Jesus. It's important to keep that in mind because you have access, you have relational intimacy. Now press into it. See what's going to come out of that. That's the fountain you need to be feeding your anointing from. So then that third question I had is, what are you pursuing in consecration or what are you pursuing uh, in your consecrated life? Well, obviously your calling or your current assignment. Sure. I, I get that. That That's not in question. Yes, you're going to be pursuing that. I want to read to you 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18. It says we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. I wanted to bring that out uh, because Sure, you're pursuing your calling, but really it's, it's to become a mirror brightly reflecting the glory of Jesus to all of his creation. Right? That's, that's really what it is we're pursuing in our consecrated life. Right? We're, we're making much of Jesus. We're lifting Jesus high for all the world to see. And they should be able to see him 
through me. They should be able to see him and know that it's him through you as well. Right? Yes, you're pursuing your calling. But at the same time, we are becoming a mirror, brightly reflecting Jesus to all of creation. So another great question that Pepper brought out is, are you using your anointing for the right purpose? And that's a wonderful question to keep in mind is, uh, where am I focusing and directing that? And so that's what you have to really ask yourself is, where am I focusing my anointing? Right? If Jesus has your undivided attention, that's going to be pretty easy to answer. But if you're not, then you're going to find out that you're not using your anointing for the right purpose. You're not using your anointing for the purpose that he has called you to. Right? Remember that dedication to purpose, that dedication to calling. If you're walking dedicated in that calling, then you know you're going to be using your anointing for the right purpose. I have one last section of scripture I want to read to you. It's uh, from 1 Corinthians 6. We're going to start in verse 9. It says, Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. It's true that some of you once lived those lifestyles, but now you have been purified from sin, made holy, and given a perfect standing before God. All because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of our God. I'm going to finish verse 12 here. It says, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. There's, there's a wealth of goodness and truth here. And we know that, yes, we've all not all, but likely most of us have come out of a past that isn't uh, a stellar look when, when looked at on the surface, right? Uh, I know I have done things in my past that, that are uh, part of that lifestyle, right? That, that's not in line with the kingdom realm. And so I know that, that I've been purified from sin and made holy because Second uh, Corinthians 5 talks about how I am a new creation, something completely new now because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I know that God was there in that reconciling me, the world, all of humanity, all of creation back to himself. And also that I have uh, that he is not holding my sin against me. He doesn't even see it anymore. 
And so I know that I've been made holy and that's further proof of it there. And I've been given perfect standing with God. And then in verse 12, Paul says, I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. That's really important. And that's something else that Pepper talked about yesterday is, yes, you've been given freedom, but it's not freedom to just go do whatever. It's freedom unto service to Jesus. Right? It's, it's freedom unto something, and that is unto service. Right? Service in what it is that our Father is calling us to do, that purpose that he's given us. Very important to remember. Are you using your anointing for the right purpose? Right? You have the freedom to choose. What is it that you're choosing? Right? So in that you can continue to cry out like we've talked about, search me. Father, search me. And, and invite the, the correction, invite the discipline because you know there's growth there. Ooh, yeah, might hurt. But there's growth there. There's new levels of glory to be to be had. So there's something I want you to consider this week uh, as we as we close here and take this into your intimate time with Jesus and listen intently to what he has to say. Okay, Pepper talked about yesterday that Samson was consecrated uh, from his mother's womb. Okay. And what I want you to take into your time with Jesus and what I want you to consider is that uh, you were consecrated from the womb of Christ and were born, set apart and dedicated from your birth as a new creation, born from the side of Jesus as he was pierced and, and blood and water was spilled out. Right. That new creation birth. Right. You were consecrated from that birth, from the womb of Christ. See what he has to say to you about that. Right. In that. You have freedom to choose. You can choose the freedom that is service unto the father. Or not. It's your choice. You get to choose. One last scripture here, um, Ephesians 4, 1. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us or consecrated us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Right? He chose you. He chose you as his very own. Dig into intimacy this week. Right? See that as the discipline that you have to be able to get into on the backside of your consecration. All right, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for 
what it is you're doing with all of us here, what it is you're doing in our hearts, what it is you're doing through our lives, through our consecrated lives. I thank you for what you're, you're spilling out in our dedication to the purpose and calling that you've given us. I thank you that we have the opportunity to be ambassadors of the kingdom. Lord, I thank you that you're going to meet each and every one of us in that intimate relationship this week. Thank you for the revelation of wisdom that you bring, the love, the correction. I thank you that the rod and staff comfort us and care for us and discipline. In Jesus' name, amen. And I hope you all have a great week. Uh, if you have questions, put those in the comments. We will definitely come back and answer those. If, uh, if you had one big thing that jumped out, uh, you can, you can put that in the comments as well. Great. I'm glad Pepper. I'm glad you gained another layer of understanding. All right. I hope you all have a great week and, uh, don't forget Friday morning, 10 a.m. Life up here with Angie Peters. Don't want to miss that. All right. Talk to you soon.